Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 101 of BJN Radio. You're Uremchuk and Coomsey. Brought to you by Montana's. I had more Montana's ribs over the weekend. And if you're listening to this and you're going, damn, that sounds good. All you can eat rib fest is on right now until September 12th. Montana's hashtag get Montana's messy. Coomzy, we are back in the same room. Feels good. We are. We're doing episode 101 and now we've started from scratch. So I need to ask you, which Blue Jay? Of course, I'm not going to ask you who's worn the number one on 101 as they don't do triple digit numbers. But I will ask what Blue Jay has worn number one. Blue Jay, who's worn number one, Whit Merrifield. There you go. How can you think of any more? Nope. You got Tony Fernandez. That's Should have a, known that. That's yeah. a key player. I think Shun Yamaguchi also wore number one. I feel like him and Hyunjin Ryu, they were opposites. Ryu was 99 and Yamaguchi was one. I don't yeah. know if 99 and one are opposites technically, mm-hmm. but that's like a reasonable thing to say that 99 and one are opposites. Yeah, I think that is a reasonable thing to say. Anyways, this is episode 101. The Jays had a little four-gamer against the Minnesota Twins, and uh, I think all things considered, it was fine. Uh, the, the game that probably leaves you kicking yourself a little bit is the game on Friday, just because, you know, you uh, you, you had a chance in that one, at least. Um, and, and to blow that the way you did wasn't great, but we'll get into that with our three up, three down delivered by DoorDash. Ding dong. Promo code BGN radio or BGN pod DD gets first time users of the app, 25% off and no delivery fees. It was a split against mini. I think you generally feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah, you're fine. It's not terrible. It's like Minnesota. I mean, you're going up against a playoff team, but they are technically worse than you because they're, you know, they're an American League Central team. So they're beneath like all of the wildcard teams. Uh, Minnesota is a 57-51 record, which I think honestly, like watching them, it seems like that's sh- kind of shocking. Yeah, it seems like they're better. Like, I don't know if I'm missing something with them, but, you know, they hit quite well. They get on base. Their pitching's pretty much fine. But I don't know. I thought they were... <laughs> <laughs> He's just moving my microphone around. This is the first time we've done an in-person podcast since what, yeah. like last August? Yeah, it is. It's been a so long, long uh, time. And I just felt like your mic presence was a little off there. I want, I think people, my, my, I want the people to hear your takes. This you is want much people, better. Yeah, you want people to hear what I have to say. But I think that people weren't giving the Twins enough credit. They're saying yeah. the Twins suck. This is a team you should beat. I don't think they suck. I think they're at least okay. And that's pretty big praise coming from me for an American League Central team yeah. because I think the American League Central is a joke. And I'm not even sure if an American League Central team should be put into the playoffs. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. Like at really? the end of the day, the Twins are leading their division. Yes, they get more games against the Royals and the Tigers, and like that is an advantage. And Playing in their division is a big that advantage. Good of a record. Yeah, and you know they don't have that good of a record. But when was the last time an American League Central team won even a playoff series? Or like you know, would be when Cleveland beat the Jays, wouldn't it? Yeah, you're right. That wasn't that long ago. And then and the Royals City won the World Series. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> See, this is where my bitterness towards the American League Central comes from. It's completely but understandable. I agree with you that people probably aren't giving the Twins enough credit. They did do a lot at the deadline as well to kind of beef up their roster. So again, a split with a team who you're kind of, you know, I, I know the Jays have three more wins than them, but you're not going to end up, you know, playing the Twins in a playoff series in all likelihood. But a team that's right around your area in the playoff race, I think you could kind of say. Sure. Um, to get a split against them on the road is totally fine, in my opinion. So the three up, three down, we're going to start with the up. And the first game, Alec Manoa, the big man, uh, another really solid start. He goes six innings. He allows the two earned runs, but he only gives up two hits. He strikes out five. Just, again, chalk it up as like a good Manoa performance. I think the positive in this one specifically is the fact that he got drilled by that ball <laughs> yet again. So this is the second game that he's gotten drilled by a ball and he managed to just kind of grind through it. I mean, like <laughs> it was, it was kind of funny. His reaction, he gets hit by the ball and then he's immediately waving yeah. into the dugout. He says, no, don't come out. I'm going to continue pitching. Don't. And then, you know, it's a bit of a grind to get through that inning, but then he muscles his way through the rest of the start, gives them six, uh, six innings and only allows two earned. It was a bit of a gong show because he walked four guys. A lot of them came in that same inning, but mm-hmm. Yeah, the kind of interesting thing is why does he keep getting hit by these line drives? It's just random. Like, it, I mean, there's no reasoning. No, I know, it. but it worries the shit out of me because it's bad things yeah. coming three, right? So <laughs> it feels like two have happened and then we're kind of around the corner is that third one that's going to be fucked up. And let's mm. knock on wood. That's not exactly how it goes, but that's what I'm anxious about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, there's a concern to that extent with every star player that especially in baseball, you you can't predict injuries in any sport, right? Um, with Manoa, I like to think he's gotten the bad luck comebackers out of his way now. Like, what are the odds he gets hit with another one in his next start, right? Well, you better not be jinxing it. You got to knock on wood there, man. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, we have a nice wood desk in front of us here. <laughs> uh, Manoa was solid, but, uh, you know, is there maybe a conversation to be had that Kevin Gosman's having the best season of any Jay starter. That's tough. I mean, they kind of go back and forth. Like both of them have been largely very good. The entire year Gosman had that difficult little stretch kind of highlighted by that one start against Baltimore where they lit him up, but he was feeling sick that day. So, I mean, it's hard to say which one's been better, but the fact that you have both of these two guys is a pretty damn good thing. I guess the one one real roller coaster ride has been Jose Barrios, where yeah. it's you quite literally have I I I've never seen anything like that in a baseball season where there's just complete randomness as to whether you're gonna get like a very good start or a very bad start. And I just straight up have no clue what to expect. We'll get to Barrios in a second with when we get to our three down with Gosman now on this road trip. He's made two starts, he's gone 14 innings, he's only allowed seven hits, hasn't allowed an earned run. He struck out 15 batters as well. This guy's on a great run. And Michael Bradburn over at the score, who was a guest on this podcast about a week ago, he he went a step further than saying Kevin Gosman's the best pitcher on the Jays. He said He's the best pitcher in baseball, the best starting pitcher in baseball, including Sandy Alcantara and Justin Verlander. He points out his BABIP is only better than Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin has a 7.2 ERA. Uh, Bradburn goes on to basically point out that the fact he's got a 2.91 ERA, despite having so many singles basically bleed through or or beat the shift or things like that um, is incredible. And I think I actually kind of agree with that. Like the starts where Gosman hasn't been great outside of the one where his splitter really got hit at the Rogers center. Other than that, 
the starts where he's been quote unquote subpar have largely just been unlucky in my opinion. And the fact his numbers are still so good, despite kind of that one little rough stretch the Jays had from him, I think is just not getting talked about enough. Yeah. He almost never gets lit up. Like you look at it and his home runs per nine inning is at 0.5, which is the best in baseball mm-hmm. and his FIP too. It's 1.98. And I mean, you can say what you want about FIP. It's not necessarily a perfect stat, but I think it yeah. gives you a good idea of how dominant a starter is, like how often they're actually relying on their defense, how much they're striking guys out, blah, blah, blah. And that's what you have with God is a guy that nobody hits hard like no one they, no one's ever really teeing this guy off and drilling home runs it's yeah. just weird babbit luck nibbling this and that and um the other interesting thing is gosman was the one who kind of came out against charlie montoyo and was like hey like i don't like our defensive alignment when i'm when i'm starting it seems like yeah. this is affecting me and he pushed back so maybe the defensive alignment with schneider has been a bit different and that's why we've seen like i don't know just yeah. better success in the last little bit yeah, I, I really wildly impressed with Kevin Gosman again, like for the people who and this will tie into a bit of trade deadline talk. You weren't on our post trade deadline show, but like the people who want to shit on this front office and be like, oh, they they didn't do enough at the trade deadline. Like they also went out and signed Kevin freaking Gosman over the winter. And that's looking like a pretty astute move right now. Yeah, it's pretty hard to go back into Blue Jays history and think of a time where they've signed a guy that's had a bigger impact than this. I mean, what are your yeah. other examples going to be like? You know, you signed Russell Martin. He was fantastic in 2015. Ryu in his first season was great. um, Roger Clemens, I guess. But then there's a whole like void in like the 2000s and early 2010s where there's nothing. And now you're in a situation where I don't know Mm -hmm. if you told me 10 years ago, the Jays would have signed a starting pitcher and he's pitching this well in free agency. It would have been inconceivable. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Uh, the third up we have, and again, Gosman won't start against uh, Baltimore in this upcoming three game set. It'll be in that Cleveland series, I believe, is the next time we're going to see Kevin Gosman pitch, which means I'll get to watch him in person. And I'm very excited for that. Anyways, uh, Whit Merrifield made his debut, and that's going to be our third up. Uh, the guy goes five for 14, steals a base, scores uh, the winning run on that overturned call, which we will also get to in a second. Would you shove that call to the side for now, Coomzy? What did you make of Merrifield? Like I thought, this guy, like solid utility piece. He can move around the diamond a little bit, brings him a little bit of speed, aggression on the base path. His bat isn't like subpar like you get with a Bradley Zimmer or anything like that. I, I think after watching him for only one weekend, I'm, I I like the deal a little bit more, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think he fits in nicely with the John Schneider tactics they're rolling with since Schneider ch- took over for Charlie. The Jays have been doing a lot more hitting and running and trying to avoid double plays and trying to get guys go to first to third, a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more old school. And you have a player like Merrifield fits in perfectly with that because he gets on base and he um, he can steal, too. And I mean, that's not really something they have in their lineup right now, because, you know, your guys that do that, you have Tapia. But and then you have Zimmer and Zimmer's never on base. He's almost exclusively on the team to play defense. So yeah. when they acquired Merrifield, it was kind of like, oh, you already have, you know, Espinal and Biggio is your platoon at second. And that's great. But as we kind of saw, the acquisition of Merrifield, I think, was more to give them a bit of a contingency in center field so we don't yeah. see a whole bunch of Zimmer or necessarily Tapia playing there because his glove doesn't really translate to center so what they did there is they found themselves a player who adds a dimension to their lineup they didn't really have and then also subsequently somebody who can fill in when George Springer inevitably ends up on the injured list 
which is our next point. Yeah. So let's get into uh, the down here. And the first one is that George Springer is indeed going to the IL. This feels like it was just brewing for weeks, right? Like anyone who watches this team every day saw the winces after swing and misses, saw him struggling to throw in balls at some point. Like it feels like this is maybe ripping off the band-aid in like a weird reverse way if you're trying to like okay let's just sit him down here for 10 games the schedule right now is kind of getting softer <laughs> I, I know i shouldn't say that no. with the way ball well with the way baltimore's playing yeah i guess the yankees, the yankees coming, up, coming up right now yeah right away but like he gets six year next nine are against Baltimore who you should be three against Cleveland. Like, I don't know. I just, I just looked ahead at the schedule and if you're going to shut down Springer for 10 days, I'm not sure outside of the first week of September, if there's a better time to do it than now, right? Like just get it over with is kind of yeah. my point. I think that's kind of it. I don't even know if there's like a list of opponents you can really that's do it fair. with. It's yeah. kind of just, you know, this guy's clearly not 100%. The last thing you want to do is, I don't know, just keep trotting him out there. And then he goes and makes a diving catch or he makes a big throw and his arm gets significantly more fucked up. And then he's out for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Just bite the bullet here. You know, you have Whit Merrifield playing in center field. He adds, like I said, an interesting little dynamic to the lineup. Lourdes Gurriel is actually doing really quite well on the leadoff spot. He's kind of a player that I never really thought about playing in that spot, but it actually makes a lot of sense because he's on base all the time. So, what a season he's having. Hey, like it yeah. feels like, again, we talked about how maybe Gosman isn't getting enough credit for what an incredible year he's having, but Lourdes Gurriel Jr. You could definitely loop into that. It, we joked, or at least that was a joke early in the year. Like there's always one month where he's the best hitter in baseball. Yeah. And outside of that, it's largely like, eh, he leaves you sometimes wanting a little bit more, but you look at what he's really done now since his hot streak and the way he's kept it up. Like the dude's batting three twelve on the season. Yeah. You're right. Like you look at someone just with that number alone. Batting average, 312. That should be your leadoff guy. Like, there should be no debate. It's shocking because I remember in April, he had a really, really, really slow start. So if you look at like May, kind of June onwards, like those are phenomenal numbers. Yeah, it's insane. And that's why you can stomach the George Springer injured list thing. Give him two weeks off, get right. You know, you have guys who are doing well. You have backups for this. So let them get right. Yeah. And again, just back to my point, like, okay. Yes, Baltimore is in the race with you. You sit him down for this series. It's maybe not ideal. He's not going to play in the Cleveland series. Okay, it's not ideal. But then you're at home to Baltimore and then you got to go to Yankee Stadium and play the Yankees. And I know realistically, they're not going to catch the New York Yankees. But if you're but if you're in that clubhouse and if you want to be an optimist, that four game set in Yankee Stadium you know, they've they are one of the few teams in baseball history to sweep the Yankees in a four game series in their own ballpark. That's true. Just last it's year. happened just last year. You're nine and a half back right now. The Yankees are on a five game slide. You get Springer back bad. for that four game set, right? They've been bad. Like the way things have broken with them not getting Castillo Montas was subpar Montgomery, who they trade away, shuts them down. The way the dominoes are falling against the New York Yankees right now is incredible. That's what I mean. Like, um, it's I don't think it's over necessarily. There's you know, you're nine and a half back and that's a significant amount of ground to make up in yeah. August and September. But if the Jays go nuclear and they went nuclear this time last year, then it's mm-hmm. always entirely possible. And you do have that head to head. You go in and you take three or four and that's a pretty big game changer. But I don't think I think you're writing off Baltimore a little too easily. They're 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 weirdly good. And it's I actually feel bad for their fans that they sold the trade deadline like this team could have snuck into a playoff spot because I mean, who in the wild card race is even playing that 
well. The Jays are playing pretty well. Seattle's playing pretty well. But is Seattle even that good? Like, why did Baltimore just give up? You're right there. If you write off the Red Sox, then with the three division winners, three teams holding a wildcard spot and the three teams just out of the race, Baltimore, Cleveland, Chicago, no one's playing that well outside of Baltimore. You have not either. No Yankees are four and six in their last 10 Houston, Minnie, Tampa, Seattle, all five and five in their last 10 Cleveland, Chicago, Toronto are six and four in their last 10. Then Baltimore is the anomaly at seven and three. And they're actually coming off a loss as well. So I probably am writing off Baltimore a little bit too soon. I just, again, look at a team that wasn't supposed to be as good as they are at 56 and 52. A lot of people, probably would have guessed they only would have gotten 56 wins in this yeah. entire season. Like it's already a success for Baltimore, but I used to look at a team that sold off at the deadline. You let Mancini go, you deal away your closer and Jorge Lopez. I look at that and kind of go like, eventually you, they're going to fall apart and maybe they won't. Cause sometimes weird shit like that happens in sports, but I just look at them again and go, eventually, you know, this needs to get derailed, right? Yeah. You'd hope but the Jays are the ones to derail yeah. the thing because they play Baltimore. What? Like 13 more times, 14 more times. I've only seen them once so far, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like 16 more games against Baltimore because I think it's 19 against the American League East. So how they do against Baltimore in this last two months is going to dictate where they finish in the standings. If the Jays go and do 15 and one against Baltimore here, then yeah, they can catch the Yankees. But if the Jays go 500 against Baltimore here, we might be looking at being the sixth seed in the American League. 15 games against the Baltimore Orioles. You get six coming up this month, three in or sorry. Ah, six in September, I should say. Um, but no, you get six this month. Three in Baltimore, three in Toronto. In September, there's a three-gamer from the 5th to the 7th. And then there's another three-gamer in Toronto. And then three to end the season in Baltimore as well. Um, they also have seven head-to-heads against the Yankees. Four in New York, three in Toronto. So you win all seven and you win the division. If you win all seven, you definitely you probably win. you'll probably catch them. There's no way you don't catch them, right? Because at that point, it'd be a two and a half and game a half. difference. Yeah. Um, anyways, this all ties into yeah. Springer going to the IL as our first down. <laughs> our second down is the uh, Jose Barrios roller coaster. And the way you described it was taking another dip. It's just weird how remarkably inconsistent he's been. Yeah, I thought he kind of had pulled it together because I think before this last start there against Minnesota, it was, yeah, it was consistently like quite a few good starts in a row. It was Oakland, Philadelphia, Kansas City, St. Louis and Detroit. All of those were quality starts aside from the St. Louis one in which he went five and two thirds. But you're pretty much right there. And then all of a sudden against Minnesota's former team, he gets clubbed. And it's just like, okay, you know, in these other games, Barrios was throwing pitches all over the zone. And then against Minnesota, all of a sudden it's just grooving fastballs down the middle, throwing like home run derby style batting practice. And he goes from looking so good to looking so bad. And it's stunning that there just doesn't really seem to be a middle ground where he just puts up an okay start, goes five and one third allows three. Like, Mm -hmm. It's just, it's either so good or so bad. And it's so confounding. I really do wonder if something's going to come out at the end of the year. Like maybe he's dealing with some weird nagging injury. Maybe he's got a blister or something. It just, it doesn't seem right. Like I've, I've never seen a pitcher be this up and down before in my life. Hypothetically, you make the wild card round. You got a three game series. You go Manoa one, Gosman two. Let's say it goes to a game three. Who are you most confident in to start that game three? Cause like the ceiling of Barrios would yeah. be the highest, right? But yeah. you would have to have such a short leash on the guy that would you maybe feel safer going health aside, going with Ross Stripling in your third game? Or is it like, yeah, you just don't do that? I don't think you do that. I think you piggyback the two of them. You have Barrios going and you don't necessarily schedule Stripling. And now you have Stripling and Mitch White too, right? Yeah. So you pick one of the two to be your fourth game guy. And then the other one has to go behind Barrios mm-hmm. and be ready to potentially throw 
quite a few innings. Because I think with Barrios, you know the games where he's going to look like a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of, you think. But there's been some where he's had a rough first inning and then he settles into his group. He's just such, it's, it's just been such a weird season that's honestly impossible to predict. But yeah. he is one of your big three guys. So I think when the playoffs roll around, yeah, you have to treat him as such. Unless he's just been a complete mess in September, in which yeah. case, yeah, you have yeah. to do something else. And yeah, obviously what happens from now to the end of the season will determine that. Uh, you mentioned Mitch White. Uh, his start, just for a handful of reasons, goes in as our third down because it also featured the Tim Miza, you know, implosion and then him getting hurt as well, which you never want to see. Uh, but let's start with Mitch White. We're putting him in the down category, but I wasn't like disappointed in what they got from him. Like he gave up six hits and I looked into the numbers on them. Like the hits he gave up were solid contact and not like at all fluky. So like he gave up six hits. I, it was an honest start. I think what I liked, he got a lot of those batters to two strikes like a lot. And I just think that's maybe something that, you know, he, he's not an overly experienced pitcher. And if Pete Walker can keep working with him, you convert a few more of those kind of two strike kind of at bats into strikeouts or weaker contact. Then I think he's going to be at a better spot, but like, you know, Buxton barreled him up for a double 110 miles an hour. Luisa Rez barreled him up for a double as well. Miranda really good contact for a double that had an expected batting average of nine twenty. Um, like when he got hit, he really, got hit but that wasn't like a terrible start by any means no far from terrible i don't i don't i am in our notes we just put as the third down was kind of just that game all told but Mm -hmm. damage weight fine whatever like he's your number six starter swingman raw stripling replacement like you're not expecting ace level stuff it was a little bit worrying to see uh the fact that he couldn't put all those guys away like if you look up and down his numbers there weren't that many whiffs in the game which isn't necessarily the best thing but he's kind of a bit more of a pitch to contact guy. So it's not the end of the world, but the real negative in this game was seeing Tim Mesa go down. It was definitely certainly a jarring one because I think we all remember his injury in 2019 towards the end of the season when his arm basically fell off after pitching and he was laying on the ground in pain. And that was pretty fucked up to watch. So there was obviously worry with a guy like that. Who's had such an injury that when he goes down, you're like, Oh shit, this guy's season's over. But uh, you said apparently that won't be the case. No. So it sounds like he's go. it's not going to be a season ender, according to the reports. So that is good. Um, the bad news is doesn't sound like he's going to pitch again this month. Scott Mitchell at TSN said the Jays hope to get the lefty back near the end of the month from a right shoulder dislocation. It's not a season ender, but you now still have to go probably about 20 days here without your only lefty reliever, which is concerning. So does that mean they consider putting a lefty starter in the bullpen? I mean, you say Kikuchi is going to become a reliever. Well, he's supposed to start tonight. That's true. There's, there's no way they can make that shift. Yeah, that's a challenging thing. The Jays don't really have a tremendous amount of depth when it comes to left-handed pitching. So no. this is going to be a difficult one to navigate. And uh, put some respect on that name because he's been pretty good in his two starts since coming back from his uh, shittiness stint on the disabled. The last start was just all over the grid. That it was. Yeah, Tampa, that was weird. Like he started off killing it and then he completely lost it. But again, with Kikuchi, I think at this point, you know, like when he doesn't have it, you just got to pull the trigger. Quickly. Yeah. And they have a lot of depth in the bullpen now, so it's easier to mitigate that. Nine innings pitched, three earned runs, 10 Ks, only two walks. I don't know. I, I think it's been fine to have Kikuchi back in the rotation, but you're right. If you wanted to get like lefty depth in there, I would also argue that 
you know, just throwing them in the bullpen and being like, here, figure this out on the fly as yeah. we're like about to go head to head with the Yankees. I don't know if that's the best idea. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's really not a solution. At no. All. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for three up, three down delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Uh, other bullpen news. Sounds like Julian Merriweather is going through a rehab stint. Um, okay. We don't care, right? No, at this point, I, 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 I'll believe it when I say with Merriweather, if he's on the team and he's striking guys out, that's yep. great, but I'm not going to get excited about it until it is happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're just hoping he can be one of those guys that catches lightning in a bottle for you for a month, but that's, even just a few good. Yeah. Outings, like that's what I was saying with Sergio Romo is like, look, if you can get Julian Merriweather in September to come and, you know, have a great few outings, like at the beginning of last season, mm-hmm. like we'll never forget those. If we can just see that again, yeah. two or three more times, I'd call that a win personally. Nothing new on Nate Pearson, uh, but down in the farm, Ricky Tiedemann, uh, he got that promotion to double a New Hampshire. And uh, this is a guy who's really starting to make some noise, not just in Blue Jays circles, but in baseball circles as well. That one start, he didn't allow a run. He went three innings, only allowed one hit, struck out five. I mean, and that's double a man. And, and that's that's a hitter friendly league, too. Like you see guys having success in Dunedin or Vancouver. It's a little bit more pitcher friendly, especially in Florida. But mm-hmm. now he's up in double a where, you know, he's pitching against guys that are college players who are like 24 like they're pretty advanced and he's still just mowing them down yeah i don't think it it's it's at all out of the question like it's only august the 8th now it's not out of the question in september when the rosters expand that they just add him to the 40 and call him up and put him in the bullpen i don't think like we saw manoa come up and he made like three minor league starts and yeah and he's he's just been good ever since they aren't afraid to the front office isn't afraid to do that no it's it's a different world (laughs) in baseball now man you don't have to play a full triple a season and prove your prove your prove yourself yeah you have the stuff you work well with the coaches you respond you know what you're doing just come up with your momentum and throw heat and strike some guys out and see what happens he's he's 19 it's fine he was born in oh two it's insane (laughs) to be fair he is turning 20 like right away so he wouldn't come up as a 19 year old you know that's fair he'd come up as a 20 years old that sounds a lot better but you talk about wanting you know lefty fireballer like his fastball scouting grade is a 60 there's your solution right there it'd be interesting it'd be interesting call him up we're saying it here right now. We're saying it here right now. Bold prediction. Ricky Tiedemann will pitch for the Blue Jays this season. From the podcast that predicted last season, Manoa would factor in as a bullpen arm down the stretch. We are saying Ricky Tiedemann is going to make an appearance so, for the Jays this year. So, so given that, what's probably going to happen is it's going to be mid-September and they're going to call him up as a starter. And he's never, <laughs> he's never going to look back. And he's going to be their ace yeah. next April. We're going to be like, is Ricky Tiedemann the ace of the team in mid-April of next year? That's what's probably going to happen. Let's take a look ahead at what's coming up next for the Toronto Blue Jays. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Jays are getting set for a series against the Baltimore Orioles. It's a three-gamer. Thanks to our friends at Points Bet Canada, we can tell you the Jays are favorites minus 140 for this series opener down at Camden Yards. It's Kikuchi versus Jordan Lyles. Coombsy says, do not write off this Baltimore team. I don't know. I, I think this series lines up okay for the Jays. Kikuchi versus Lyles. I think that's a matchup that the Jays can find a way to succeed in. Um, and then you get Manoa versus Bradish, who has not been great in the majors either. The third game, you know, maybe leaves you a little bit iffy, but I don't know. I, I'm like, I, let's get a sweep here. Coombs. Let's have a good time. Yeah. I, don't, I'm, I just don't know if I'm comfortable looking at Baltimore and saying, this is a team that you're going to sweep. Like you say, Kikuchi and Jordan Lyles is kind of a coin flip. Yeah. Jordan Lyles ERA is 4.40, but you say Kikuchi's is 4.86. And the last time these two faced off Kikuchi allowed four earned runs and four, the Jays tagged uh, Lyles for four earned runs and five and one third and Baltimore wound up winning the next one. The Jays really should win. But mm-hmm. then again, you know, like the, <laughs> the Jays have had their different difficult times with, you know, young pitchers who pitched well in AAA, but have been dog shit yeah. at the big league level. And that's pretty much exactly what uh, Radish is. He's got a 6.55 ERA in the big leagues, but in AAA this year before getting called up, it was a 130 ERA. So mm. this is the exact kind of guy who would mow the Jays down. And then it's Barrios in the final game. You really have no idea what to expect. So yeah. I don't know. I'm a little nervous going into the series. I'm not going to lie hmm. to you. Interesting. I don't think Baltimore is that bad. And it's me saying this. And I'm always the guy making fun of them. You're always the trash birds guy. Yeah. If the Blue Jays lose this series, then I'm going to post a picture of a Blue Jays trash bin instead. You have that locked and loaded? No, I don't. I'll have ah, to find one. Okay. But I'll, I probably won't do that. I'll probably post the Baltimore Orioles trash bin regardless. Okay. Even if Baltimore sweeps the series, I'm going to say, you know, fuck you. Um, You're still the trash birds. That's fair. This is our first time, uh, or not our first time, the Jays' first time going to Baltimore since they changed their walls, right? Mm, yeah. I think, I, think, I think some of that came down to last year, those like two games the Jays played in mid-late September when they scored about 6,000 runs. Oh, fuck, I remember that's, that. what, that's what ultimately resulted in Baltimore, like making their walls like seven times as high. <laughs> <laughs> the Jays can't tee off quite as much. So Baltimore currently sits four games back of the Toronto Blue Jays. So... Let's they're out of a playoff spot right now, right? They are. Yeah. They are two games back of Seattle and Tampa and Tampa's in Milwaukee. Seattle's going head to head against the Yankees. Cleveland is taking on Detroit. Um, and then the other two Houston's playing Texas, Minnesota's playing LA, but the big ones are Tampa versus Milwaukee, Seattle, New York. Those are the series you're going to want to keep an eye on. Who are we cheering for in Seattle, New York? That's an interesting one. Oh, I'm cheering for Seattle. Really? 
So you're you you're, you're seeing nine point five, and you're thinking, okay, the Jays can still catch the Yankees. And I would also rather play Seattle than Tampa in round one of the playoffs in the yeah. wildcard series. Okay. I'd rather have Seattle have to come up to Toronto, and the storyline of Robbie Ray not being able to cross the border for that three game series that'd be great. Yeah, I guess like for the Jays, it's they're in the position where they control their own destiny. Yeah. You win and you get the number one wild card spot, or perhaps you capitalize on an all time Yankees implosion. But ultimately, for the Jays, yeah, it comes down to them just winning the games and they'll get that that number one wild card spot how insane is it that the yankees run differentials 201 i know the dodgers are 226 as well but like man those two teams are just it's gonna be really funny when they lose in the alds <laughs> uh the one thing we didn't talk about that obviously made big news is uh the call at home plate on whit merrifield oh, yeah. we didn't talk we just totally glossed over this we said we were gonna put it to the side and then talk about it after but what did you make of this like i, I thought, thought the right call really yeah it was it's the, the rule is because um, this is this is kind of the Buster Posey rule, right? Like that changed yeah. after Posey got drilled and he broke his femur. It was his femur, I think. I know it was his leg, but it was a pretty gruesome injury and they changed it so that, you know, to avoid these huge collisions, you have to create like a little bit of space for the runner to go. And, you know, Sanchez, he's doing his thing. He's blocking, but he's supposed to have a space open between his legs for Merrifield to slide in. And he completely like hockey goalie five hole style stop that slide. And you can't do that. Yeah. Then maybe I just disagree with the rule more than the yeah, call. I just to me, like the throws coming in. Sanchez is just trying to catch it. Like, I don't know. I know he's obviously thinking about Merrifield coming in and he does kind of block the plate, but like he should have been higher up on the plate and executed a swing tag and given Merrifield the lane because the throw was so far ahead that he probably could have executed that swing tag and caught Merrifield before he was even in to make the tag. The reaction from Baldelli was insane because it's like, you know, the umpires (laughs) didn't make that call. They went upstairs and somebody else made the call. Yeah. The umpires called them out. They, they, they viewed it your way. So his meltdown was quite a, quite a bit much. When he was screaming at the umpires, just kind of thinking like, if you're the umpire standing there being like, what do you want me to do Rocco? Like I can't, (laughs) what exactly? I think it was mostly just show for the team, but probably really, and the fans were pretty upset too. They were booing Mm -hmm. real hard, but it's like, okay. (laughs) I I was actually shocked at when Toronto's favor. These are the kind of calls that, never go in their favor so we can't complain about anti-blue jay conspiracy anymore no we can't <laughs> until the playoffs when there yeah, is then, lots of anti-blue then, jay we'll, then we'll get all get all in on that all right coomzy uh, another good episode of the pod here great to be back in the studio with you so yeah, it's nice. great it's nice that we're in the same room i am going to be in toronto for the three game series against cleveland i am not ah, what a weird <laughs> reversal yes. um but anyways we'll have to wrap up i'm, I'm just thinking on the flyer monday tuesday wednesday they have an off day thursday though so we can crush out uh on thursday they have an off day i think so new pod thursday that seems pretty reasonable yeah i think that's it because it's cleveland series and then it's off to new york right after that isn't it yeah then it's off to new york for four after that's that a pretty exciting yeah, uh, off day thursday no it's it's baltimore cleveland baltimore then new york oh yeah sorry okay. homestand you get cleveland and baltimore at home then you're on the road to go to yankee stadium and fenway Whew, that's an interesting stretch of games yeah red sox are awful though yeah that's a weird one but you never know at fenway they're a weird team yeah 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 anyways enjoy the three games against baltimore everybody shout out to montana's doordash and points bet canada we'll chat with you on thursday best wishes Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.